Okay, we continue in the Sefer Das Hasphiros. Yesterday we just began the 16th essay dealing with the Sphira of Yesod. Yesod literally in English means foundation, but we'll see it has more to do with bonding than anything else. And uh, we said this of the seven lower Sphiros, it's number six. So after Chesed, Vura Tiferes, and we discussed Netzach and Hod. Now we come to Yesod, that's the sixth of the seven. And we said the idea basically is taking all the previous five and preparing it for delivery to the end result. That, that's one way of looking at it. It also deals with binding heaven and earth together and therefore Yisod is certainly understood as a connection. We said the physical body part is the reproductive organ. That's definitely an area where there's bonding, where you take every energy from the body and it releases itself. And that's that final um, emission in where you're prepared to take everything, the entire DNA, and propel it to the receiver, which is going to be the malchus, which will be the topic for later on. And therefore, the real avoda here is to make sure that everything connects well, as opposed to something that you just check off your list, but rather is that whatever whatever action you're trying to do, and it's meant, every action is meant to go somewhere, so it should be totally connected to Hashem and you and the recipient, and we take everything, but we make sure it's in the right package. That's really what we could call it in terms of packaging. You could you could use the energy of, of kindness. You could have expansiveness. You could be uh, controlling it or working very hard to make it bigger. You can come to the right amount that has to happen. And you're, 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 you're trying your hardest to consistently do it and you're not giving up right away and you're showing the humility that it's, it's bringing out Hashem but at the end of the day is it going to the receiver is the receiver getting it you can have everything ready but you still have to be very cognizant of the receiver and you have to be cognizant that there's a connection there and not that you're just okay I did it and I have nothing to do with you I have nothing to do with Hashem it's just I just do it without any depth this is, and, and that we said, what, that was our avoda in connecting everything. So if, if you're learning Torah, right? But you're missing that connection to Hashem. You're doing everything, you're excelling in learning Torah. You've done all five higher levels that your Torah is amazing and outstanding. But you don't once think about Hashem. Okay, then, then there's no recipient, so to speak. And in all these areas of life, you're doing kindness to someone, but you're not connecting to the recipient. We'll talk more about this, but clearly there's got to be a connection, and usually it's heaven and earth and everything in between. Um, and we'll explain more. But what is the, we're now on the blemish of that. Well, the blemish of that is any connection that's not appropriate or anything that is wasted what do we mean by something being wasted without any connection 
Okay, so the, the most obvious example, so the, the best example on the simplest level is physical intimacy. Physical intimacy is meant to bring everything that you are and everything you have and deliver it to the recipient in terms of your love. Now, where would be, what would be the corruption of that? Having intimacy with someone you're not supposed to be intimate with. Okay, whoever the Torah prohibits you to be intimate, that means there's a blemish. You're connecting to the wrong place. Uh, that would be a, the simplest example. You're taking all these great powers and you're putting it where it doesn't belong. And it's certainly not a place where Hashem wants it to be. So the connection that you're creating is a, is a terrible connection. And more than that, you're totally disconnected from Hashem. You're taking all these holy energies and you're totally disregarding everything that Hashem You could be the, the most wonderful spouse to this non-Jew. And you could be using all the, the, the holiest aspects of yourself, but you're putting it in the wrong place. So that would be a, a simple example of that. Um, and uh, because again, since Yisod is like the strongest bond completely, this is where you're, you're just not doing something with someone. You know, you're bonding with that person. And that's the strongest power that you have. And if it's in the wrong place, that makes it such a terrible result. And therefore, the Gemara says um, that uh, when you're connected to something that's totally not appropriate, it's like you're connected like a dog, so to speak. And, uh, and there's nothing permanent that's going to happen there. It might be permanent in the wrong place, but it's not in the right place. And certainly, therefore, the worst sin is willfully wasting one's seed. Because what are you connecting with? Not, you're connecting with only forces of evil. Using that most powerful tool of connection and taking all that power in the right place, and it's like going nowhere. And that's why the Shulchan Aruch says that this is the worst sin of all the Averis in the Torah. Because, because you're taking that most powerful tool and wasting it. Now, it's not limited to that, but we begin to see where this applies. Now, certainly this is a big challenge in today's world, and uh, the, the secular world believes that's a very normal thing, very healthy thing. Torah is saying, no, it's a total waste of, of uh, potential that exists there. And therefore, people, unfortunately, you know, can bond to that to themselves and not to anything else. But also what's misplaced is when we're going to talk about wasteful talk. We call this dvarim betelim. When a person talks, the power of speech is a very connecting speech. When I talk to somebody, the idea is to connect. And there's somebody who's outside of you. And I want to share with you some ideas. I want to share with you some feelings. So... When you talk about meaningful things, that's what the mouth was there for. The mouth was created to connect with people. Now, there could be many levels of connectivity, but they all should be some positive connectivity. 
you go to a store and you tell the person you want to buy something. You're connecting them with buying and selling, and that's generating commerce, which is good. Um, you're connecting with someone, telling them your feelings, uh, giving someone praise, learning Torah with the person. These are all very positive things. Now, how about if you sit down just to have a bull session? Be just chattering about things of no consequence. So the question is, what, what are you accomplishing with that? So this is where you're using the tool of bonding, which is the mouth as well. But if it's wasteful words, so now what are you connecting with? You're connecting to sources of evil, so to speak. So, and therefore, in other words, like what is, what are you connecting to? What are you connecting with? And very important, uh, the, the most important part of one's life is, is what are you connected to? Are you connected to Hashem, which is eternal reality? Or are you connected to concepts that Hashem wants you to be connected to? So while you're connected to something or someone else, it's also connected to Hashem. And you got like a triangle of connectivity, which is very amazing. Or are you connected to something other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And now, all that spiritual power is, is being wasted that you have. So, you know, so we could understand, let's, let's say people talk a lot about sports. For a goy, that's fine, because it's better than killing Jews. But the question is, like, what, what are we talking about? talking about hockey players okay do you want to bond with them do you want to be have that their portion is your portion like again I'm not talking about if let's say you're you're uh, you're you're playing with your children and you're talking about it because now you're trying to develop a relationship between a father and a son so to teach them how to play hockey and to play with hockey this and that or we're playing hockey because Hashem wants us to exercise and exercising is a good thing. Or let's say the child is is not good in, 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 in studies, but he's good in sports, you want to have a good self-esteem. But all of those, you're doing that because that's the will of Hashem. And sometimes you have to go through an indirect route to make that happen. Or any child who's gonna be healthy has to exercise. If a child just, most children, if they just study all day, they're going to wear themselves out. They have to play. There's nothing wrong with it. That's what a child does. But and and you can and you can talk about it to him about how that went. But that's all with a more overriding concept of purpose of giving the child good self-esteem. And Hashem wants you that he should have good self-esteem. So now the question becomes: So now when you become an adult and just to follow that around. So what is the positive aspect that Hashem wants you to develop from that? So if you're gonna say you're a Kirov rabbi and you wanna be able to bring these people closer to Yiddishkeit, and if you go with them to something that they relate to, okay, you could do that occasionally. Hopefully that will jumpstart something more important. But if that's not your end goal, your end goal is like this, I just wanna be able to relax. But then this becomes something you get really into and you talk a lot about it. That's that's the topic at Kish. That's the topic at the water fountain. That's everything you talk about. So now this becomes connecting to something that doesn't have any, any eternal significance. And therefore, um, 
when you're talking about things that are of no purpose, that's what we're saying is the negative aspect of Yisod. I mean, there are people who are so connected that everything is their mind is sports. I mean, they talk about, they bet on it, they this and everything. And you can even have Jews, religious Jews who are so connected that they're looking forward to this game. So what are you doing exactly? You're using such a tremendous power for something that really has no value. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Actually, you almost answered the question, but that's why I can help back on that. Okay. Like, for example, trying to communicate and effective communication is aligning, aligning with the person you're communicating, right? So it's point aligning. Aligning. Yeah, okay. that's important. So for example, I got the young Adam here. You're like Buffalo Bills. I talk about Buffalo Bills. We start a communication. The levels reaches a connection. We can align with each other. And then we can talk about the higher Torah things, which I learned a lot from Adam. But, uh, but isn't it a purpose of itself to make that connection? It depends. I would, I, I would give yeah, Adam more credit than the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. <laughs> if you would say to Adam, like, how do you find learning Gemara versus Mishnayas, he would also have something to say about that. I, I would say, you know, it's good for other people. Uh, Adam, you could have used a different approach, but maybe you didn't know. Okay. Well, we'll start there. Maybe, yeah, that okay. So again, that that is fine, but there's got to always be an ulterior motive, a positive ulterior motive. Yes. Yeah. Listen, I when I have guests in my house who are secular, of course, I have to talk about mundane things, but it's to rope them in, so to speak. But it comes to a point where you're not roping in anybody. I start. You answer the question. And that and that's and that's how you have to handle it. Similarly. So we've, we've dealt with the reproductive organ. We've dealt with our mouths. How about our eyes? We know the rule is wherever your eyes are gazing, that's where you really are. So therefore, we're supposed to look to Yerushalayim. We're supposed to daven facing east. Why? Because that's where we feel we shall be. Okay. Um, we try to look at a tzaddik because that's where we should be. So how about if a person is looking at things he should not be looking at? Remember, looking is a bonding agent. So I'm, I'm trying to bond with what? This inappropriate uh, site that I'm looking at? So that's wasting that power as opposed to using it. You want to look at a tzaddik and see how the tzaddik acts and maybe you could be inspired by how the tzaddik behaves. Or let's say how you look at another person. Do you look at another person negatively and trying to find fault with the person and trying to put some ayin hara onto that person? So uh, you're trying to use the power of connection in a negative way. Or if you're looking at the person with a good eye and you're trying to see what's the good of that person. Now you're trying to bond with him in an appropriate way. And similarly, let's say you suspect somebody of something that really is not true. So that power of suspicion is separating the two of you. And the Gemara says, if you find it that you're wrong, you have to bless the person and appease the person to make up for that. Because if you don't bless him, you're remaining with the blemish that you're thinking bad about that other person. And that creates that blemish. So this whole idea 
of your soul is to take all the amazing powers you have and hopefully you're going to do something you really want positive. There's a lot of positive power over here. But you're taking all that positive power to connect to something where that, that goal is totally inappropriate and something you shouldn't be connecting with. And certainly that's something I shall want you to be involved with. That becomes the corruption of that. And I think there's enough examples we've already heard. So now we understand now why the mitzvah of bris mila is so important <clears throat> because the bris mila is connected to your soul because it's on that body part because that's where a person gets connected in the greatest way. So we're, we're fashioning the sign of the covenant. And what is a covenant? What is a covenant by definition? Uh, an agreement. An agreement, but usually it's an agreement of a specific time. And a covenant between people would mean an eternal. We have an eternal covenant with Hashem. What does that mean, an eternal covenant with Hashem? That we're bound up with Hashem and only to Hashem. And to Hashem we are connected. So the body part that shows connection is exactly the body part which we circumcise to make sure it is focused in the right place and not in the negative place. We'll get to women a little bit later in this chapter. What body part do they have that represents that? But now we also, now, now we begin all the associations for these terms over here. So we start with the first one is what is associated with Yesod is Tzadik. Because the Pasuk says, Tzadik Yesod Olam. Literally means a Tzadik is the foundation of the world. So what does that mean? So besides the fact uh, that a Tzadik has a lot of Torah and he's righteous and pious, but that's not enough to be a Tzadik because a Tzadik also is one who connects the heavens and the earth. As we said, that's where the source of bonding is. Kichol Bashamayim It's everything in the heavens and the earth. And therefore, he wants to make a connection. The tzaddik wants to bring a connection between the heaven above and the earth below. Everything he does is with that thought. He's, every mitzvah he does. I want to bond Hashem with us as we're doing the mitzvah. And also, and he wants to bound other people with that. And when you're bound up with Hashem, that brings blessing into the world. The more there's a connection between man and the creator, the more that the human being recognizes Hashem, the more that Hashem gives into this world. So the idea of really recognizing that Hashem is so involved in this world, and we're doing these things specifically in recognition of that, I wanted to get close to Hashem. I want all the heavenly blessings to be bound up with this world with a direct delivery and only the best things will come. Because really, Hashem, that's what Hashem wants. Let's go back to the Keser. What's the Keser? Hashem wants to give unlimited pleasure, the best pleasure in the world. But what if you don't want to get it? You're not connected to that. You don't recognize the depths of what Hashem is really here all about. So how are you going to get this flow? Because what's he going to do with that flow? He's going to take it to the wrong places. Person doesn't recognize Hashem at all. He only recognizes all his vices. So Hashem wants to give him good. He gives him millions of dollars. What's he going to do with it? What's he going to do with it? 
can distance himself really from Hashem. Hashem says, why should I give it to him? Unless he wants to punish him. But if it's a person who understands what to do with it, then Hashem's going to give him everything that he needs. And that's why the tzaddik is so bound up with Hashem all the time. And when there is, good energies come out. And that's tzaddik yesod olam. Because what the tzaddik does brings all that good into the world. Okay. And says the Vilna Gaon, the famous idea, he says, and as long as you have tzaddik and we're bound up with God, the good blessings will come out. The world cannot exist if we don't have any tzaddikim. If there's no tzaddikim, the bond will be cut and the world will cease to exist. If there's nobody who wants the blessings of God, so God says, so forget it. And when that there's a break, there's a break between heaven and earth, earth cannot survive. That's why you find in the book of Breshis and the book of Noah, we go through the 10 generations from Adam to Noah and 10 generations from Noah to Abraham. Why? To tell you why the world still existed. The one that's mentioned is the one who has some connection to God. And if there wasn't that one person, there could have been others, but that was the one who surely had that connection. So we're dealing with a terrible generation of the flood, and we're told about people who lived, Shem and Aver, Mesushelach, all these people, Noach. It's because of them, Hashem is still giving the world existence. Therefore, it's so important. It's not just to tell us how many years the world exists. We can add up the numbers and figure out what's going on over here. We're talking about the people who really were maintaining that connection in spite of all the uh, evil things that were going on over there. And these were the ones who really wanted that kind of connection. So you understand again the idea of tzaddik yisod olam. He's the, he keeps the world on its foundations, so to speak. Um, oh, my question. Yes, sir. So at a, at a given time, how many? Let me one second. Let me make you a little bit louder. One second. You're not coming out. It's my on my end. It's a problem. Go ahead. At any given time, how many tzaddikim should be there? Did what? What's this the question? At a given time, how many tzaddikim should be there? That's to to balance this world. Well, at least one. Uh, although we say there's 36 hidden tzaddikim, and we said before there are three tzaddikim who excel in chesed, Gura and tiferes, but you've got to have certain tzaddikim. If they're not there, there's no reason for us to continue. Okay? And therefore, what comes out, the more that a person recognizes the good of Hashem and prays Hashem and clings to Hashem, the more goodness comes into the world because Hashem wants to give more of that. And you could look at this as an example. Let's say you're standing by a, by a river and you don't have one bucket. So what's going to happen? You don't have anything. And the weather's flowing and flowing and flowing. But you don't have a bucket to pick it up. So Hashem's, the blessings are flowing. We need someone with a bucket to bring it home. And that's not there. So there we get this idea of tzaddik yesod olam. Because the world is, is that, that's what we call yesod foundation. Why is it foundation? Because if there's no connection in heaven and earth, there's no foundation to the earth. But that foundation is only through bonding. Therefore, you're going to have two translations. 
foundation and bonding. Your soul really means foundation. But there can't be a foundation of the world of staying stable without a bonding between Hashem and God. If we don't bond the heavens and the earth, nothing's going to happen at all. Or if you want to have a relationship on a solid foundation, there's got to be bonding between them. Which now takes us to the next point. What's connected is, is Hidur Mitzvah, beautifying a mitzvah. And the Arizal and the Vilnagon say that, you know, we have we have the four species on Sukkot. If you look carefully, every holiday always comes back to the spheros. Now, if you look carefully, there may be four species, but how many items, how many separate items make up the four species? You have how many esrogim? How many lulavim? How many hadassim? How many aravas? Two. Two. What's the equal? Seven. Uh-huh. Seven. So that's going to be chesed through malchus. Seven shepherds. Seven shepherds. Okay. So who's going to be who? Well, it's kind of easy once you know how the things fall into place. Three hadasim. So it's going to be Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Chesed, Vura, Tiferes. That's the three myrtles. Okay. The two arovos by the brooks of water is Moshe and Aaron, Netzach and Hod. They come next to the water. Okay, now all we got left is the Esrog and the Lulav. And who do you got left? Oh, you have Yosef and David. Now the question is, who's who? Well, David's the Melech, and the king is the highest, so therefore that's going to be the Lulav. Okay? And the Esrog is going to be Yosef. It's going to be, which Mida? Hod. And that's what the Torah calls it, a pre-eights hador. A, a fruit of the tree that is hador, which means beautiful. And therefore, the esrog connects to Yisod because that's the idea of beautifying mitzvahs. Why do we beautify anything? What does it mean to beautify something? It means doing more than you need to do. Okay, you, the halacha is you have to buy a kosher esrog. Now, kosher esrog, okay, minimum will cost you, I don't know, $70, $80 in kosher esrog. But a kosher one can have a few spots on it, can maybe not be so, uh, the shape not so perfect. Now, if you want a beautiful one, that might cost you $200. Now, you, the kosher one is absolutely kosher, is no problem. If a person spending extra money, more than he has to, what is he showing? Important. He feels connected to the mitzvah. When you feel connected to something, you want to do it more than you need to do it. So if uh, you have uh, two spouses and one spouse is preparing the meal, if the spouse, you know, and we're married, but I don't feel that connected to them, okay? So I make sure to pull something out of the freezer, microwave it, and on the table. But if you really feel connected to that person, you want that person to feel how connected you are, you're going to see a beautifully set table with all the bells and whistles. And therefore, this idea of hidur, of trying to beautify this idea, comes from Yisod, 
because you only want to beautify things for someone that you really feel connected to. If you, if you, it's time to buy somebody a present. Well, there's presents and there's presents. There's a pair of socks, right? And then there's a person you really care about and you want to give them something more intimately connected to, to who and what they are. You're going to come with something more clever, something more beautiful. So that again becomes this idea of hidur mitzvah is what bonds you more a thoughtful gift will bond you more to the person because they say it's not the gift, it's the thought behind the mitzvah. That's where the beauty comes in, where you're trying to really show how beautiful that mitzvah is. Okay, we'll do one more that's associated with this, is rachamim. Even though we already associated rachamim, mercy, with tiferes, but there's psukim in the navi that seem to say this idea fits in as well to this. And again, this, this is the revelation of the mercy comes from this attribute. Because again, Yisod is getting ready to put it in the right place, to, to shower, to be mashpia. You want to arouse that. And there's an idea of, as we say in the Shmona Esrei, we say, Yamuna Rachamecha, the brach of Al HaTzadikim, there's one bracha make for the righteous. And we say, what should I do? Shema? Show your mercy to the tzaddikim. Okay. So we have an idea now again of the, the mercy where there's a deeper connection. But that's, there's the source of mercy, which is das. Uh, not das. Tiferis is the source of mercy. But the revelation of mercy is coming from Yisrael. Because once I show the mercy, that means I'm showing that connection for the person. And now we understand that just like the man has the bris on the reproductive organ, a woman has a merciful organ. And what's her merciful organ? The rechem. The rechem is the womb. It's spelled the same as rachem. Rachem, reish, es, mem, yud, mem, sofis. Rechem. And what is a womb if not a place of mercy? It's whole, it's mamish, what kind of mercy? The mother for nine months is having this kid inside who's kicking and this thing and that, making her life very unpleasant. She's giving this kid everything he needs at her expense. And that's, and, and it helps develop the child. And who has such a connection most to a child? It's the mother, especially with the cord and everything there. So therefore, she doesn't need a bruise me alone. The fact she's willing to have a child to perpetuate Yiddishkeit, to put her life at risk, isn't that more than a circumcision? <laughs> but it's each in the reproductive part of the person. So when the man gets the bris, that's showing he has etched inside of him this connection to Hashem that can never be changed. And the woman who has the rechem, the potential to have children. So now you have to understand, you know, quote unquote abortion on demand is the total nullification of what the woman is all about. The woman is about rachim, to murder babies. We're not talking about if there's a danger to the mother. We're not talking about we're just saying, you know, it's just it's just in in my way. It's gonna change it's gonna make life difficult. So you don't want to bomb 
It's not she doesn't want to bond with the kids. She's not bond with nobody. And that and that's and that's how we have to view abortion is the total destruction of of uh, Yisod. Which has no foundation, no connection to everyone. And where do they connect? The stupidest places. They connect the things that ultimately mean destruction. Okay, we'll stop it there. There's so much more to add. Amir Tzashem will continue this tomorrow. Shkayach, everybody. Thank you.